Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful Web3 Wednesday. Here we are with Press Play episode 46 in our new format that everyone should be nice and used to by now. Uh, we're still attempting to get all of our speakers up here, but we have subjected you to enough of Moss's elevator music for now. So uh, if you can try and accept the invite, uh, David, um, I've sent one both to yourself and the main account as well. So we are joined as always by my co-host Gaspode. Gaspode, can you say hello? Hello. <laughs> Good impression. Good impression. Thank you, Lou. And we are joined, as always, by a panel of guests as we take a look at the news we have had this week. So first, let's go over to Medieval Empires, and we should have Luke behind the microphone. Yeah, hey. I just uh, thought uh, to have the silence, I, I tried to be Gaspard over here, but no one can replace him. Uh, yeah, happy to be here. Uh, or as you would say, hello. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about your project and yourself. Uh, give us a one-minute intro, sir. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Luke. I'm the marketing and BD manager for Medieval Empires. Uh, and uh, Medieval Empires is a mid-core strategy game. Uh, so basically, you build your town, uh, you make it really big, create an army, level up your heroes, and then you go fight on the province map. Uh, we also have land where you can rent out your land to other players, uh, have fun with it and uh, build a, a cool clan and then you can later fight clan versus clan. Uh, we are currently in a closed beta. We have a couple of open slots. Uh, I will pin up uh, a trailer as well uh, to the top so you can have a look how it's looking. And uh, in most likely April, May timeframe, we have the public version and we are big fans of... Uh, uh, Gamers GG, so uh, happy to be here and uh, happy to ha have you both here hosting this awesome space. Uh, thanks. Great to have you here on the time that is the correct time and not the time you told me on TikTok as well, sir. So I'm glad you made it at the right time. <laughs> Next, let's throw it over to uh, Russ. Russ, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the project you work with. Hi, yeah. So I'm Russ. Um, I'm the Chief Gaming Officer at Saltwater Games, which sounds very, very glamorous. Um, it's probably the best C-suite title, I think. So um, I suppose a bit. I've been in the industry about thirty years, developing games with um, companies like PlayStation um, and Lego. So uh, as a game director over those years, which is really what I am, I'm an elaborate game director that sits over our now free studios at Saltwater. So we're looking. Um, after a uh, main series, which is our sort of like a XR studio, known for sort of bringing Doctor Who and Peaky Blinders to VR platforms, and just about to bring the Infinite Inside, an MR puzzler to uh, Apple Vision Pro, which is really exciting, and Nexus Labs, which is now the home of Celeros, which is, is a really exciting project. It's air speeders, it's Formula One for the skies. So air speeders is a real thing. It's like pod racing. Um, we've just completed our tournament series where we've been running free qualifying races over 13 days. We've had a huge response from the community. It's been great. We've had like ni over 900 races. I think we've clocked up over 1,200 hours of play. Um, and we've been able to sort of like reward uh, our winners in that series. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's been really 
uh, an exciting uh, past month for us over at uh, Saltwater. Damn, sounds very impressive and sounds like you've had a long time in the gaming world as well. Lovely to have you up here today, man. And next, let's throw it over to, I really wanted to say what your name was on Twitter, but I'll do it properly and say, let's throw it over to David. And David, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the project you're working with? Oh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm David. I'm the CEO and uh, co-founder at Tatsu Works. Uh, we're the company that uh, built the Tatsu.gg Discord bot application. Uh, it's in around like 1.5 million Discord servers. Uh, we're considered a game studio. We've been around for like seven years now, and we're currently working on a new title called uh, Tatsumiko. So it's a game, it's a RPG life sim cross-genre game that we're building for Discord and mobile platforms. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure what else to say. We've, we started as a community project uh, all the way back in 2015, but we eventually grew the project, became an actual company in 2019 before starting to work on our first uh, game, Tatsugachi. It's a fully Discord-based game. Uh, you know, that turned out to be a relative success. You know, we hit around like 450,000 monthly active users before we decided, uh, okay, you know, let's build a full-scale RPG game. And that's what we're working on right now. Um, you know, we're also uh, hosting an event soon called the Uncharted Dream. So, right, yeah, I think that's a bit of background about ourselves and our company. Yeah, lovely to have you up here as well, and a very unique. I think you're the first ones we have coming up here that are doing things based around Discord. So lovely to have you up here and to have a yet a different viewpoint, you could say, with us this week. So let's take a look at the um, news that we've been covering this week. So we're going to be taking a look at the first article. Obviously, I'm not doing the article justice with just the small parts I'm going to pick out of here and questioning the panel with. So if you do want to see any of these articles and take a real good look at them, make sure you do head over to games.gg and check out our news. We've got a team pushing out lots of lovely news with lots of lovely stats within it. And we're going to be taking a look first at top gaming studios investing in web three so uh we've got this article here it is by eliza very nice very nice um and the one point i'm going to pick out from this straight away um you guys need to read this it's a very long article so i can't capture it all in my one question is that CoinGecko has done a recent analysis and found that out of the 29 of the top 40 largest gaming companies globally they're diving into web three and there's seven of them actively creating Web3 games in-house and others taking direct investments into Web3 gaming projects. So as we can see, these Web2 powerhouses, these Web2 gaming studios, does this make us bullish on Web3? And how do we expect them to enter our space? Do we think they're going to come into Web3 by themselves, like we have seen some do previously? Or do we think they're going to partner with some Web3 natives, as it was, to show show them the ropes. And I'm going to throw this over to you first, Luke, please. Always happy to go first. Uh, so 
in I think that uh, there will be a mix of two things. So first of all, some will just come in and buy off some of the the studios that are already in. Like uh, I I know for a fact that Mr. Beast, for example, is looking for uh, for uh, a gaming studio that he wants to invest in or like be part of it. Uh, and also the big companies will do so. But if you look at Sony, for example, they will come in and they will build their own stuff. They will build their own chain, most likely. And since they have so many things uh, they want to implement, they will do it more or less in a silo, I think. So they will do their own thing. So there will be a mix of people coming in, buying off and partnering with others, or they uh, will build their uh, their own stuff. The only problem that I see is if they build their own stuff, that will take some time because a good game, as we know, takes three to five years uh, for development. So uh, the impact of those games joining in will take some time. But the cool thing is what they do if they enter the space, if is they bring their user, uh, their users and their community with them. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. Like if all the big gaming studios uh, jump into the Web3 space, at least the Web2 gamers will uh, see Web3 gaming as more mature. Uh, and uh, they, they will test out most likely all of the games that are available. Uh, one of it, it which is uh, medieval empires so i'm really looking forward to them joining uh the space because they will see okay we what is the the state of the art right now so they will look at the existing games and it's inevitable that one of the games that is already there will meet their eye because they will say check okay if sony is now entering what games are there uh i think lots of the people went in like a year or two years ago when there was or like during the uh, uh, Axie Infinity times uh, and so much happened since then like we have really cool games that are out there that have a working economy so they will be surprised if they now come back uh, through one of the giants entering the space and we see that more, more often right now like uh, uh, besides Sony and Ubisoft all those partnerships also that Immutable is doing for example uh, I think we're off for a good start and sometimes they would choose an existing partner for example like Immutable uh, but sometimes they will just build their own stuff and then it depends if they will partner with someone else as the underlying or if they will build their own. Uh, and that's only something that Sony, for example, could answer. So uh, next time we should get someone from Sony in here. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, it would be lovely to have one of them in here. Uh, a quick follow-up question just of the points you've brought forward already, Luke, before I move on to the next person. Which do you think would be conceived as more bullish for the space them coming in solo and building their own stuff or building with someone existing in the space already so we 100 percent believe in building together uh because you don't need to do all your own stuff like if uh, there are so many cool projects out there that have solutions for certain things like uh we're partnered with immutable and using their passport wallet for example or like the marketplace so it's easier to already have something which you can work on and then you're also faster instead of building everything on your own if they come in and build everything on their own until then our game will be fully fledged in public version with uh, hundred thousands of users so they will be late so i think they will partner up with other people in order to get a head start which would make the most sense. Um, so I, I don't think they will build in silos, uh, but at least the, the real giants, like I think Sony will build their own uh, chain maybe and uh, then just have uh, games from the ecosystem because their ecosystem is, is huge, what they have in games. So 
Um, but we saw a couple of uh, partnerships uh, uh, popping up lately uh, with, uh, I think, yeah, Immutable was one, then also Disney and uh, um, Epic Games, for example. I mean, that is not something that we are, like, in Web3 100% into, but I think there will be more and more partnerships that will uh, form out of those relationships. So, yeah, can't 100% tell uh, what will happen, but I'm extremely bullish on partnerships. Uh, that's what we always try to do also at the new era of gaming. So we have like 100 games and accelerators in there that uh, try to work with each other. And then we try to make connections and share the community because Web3 is still small if you compare it to 3.6 billion gamers worldwide. Uh, so if we work together, uh, we can achieve better things, I think. And it's more fun for the community. And I think that's the most important thing. Uh, like if you could have an NFT that works in multiple games or uh, if you play Medieval Empires and can also uh, play another game in the meantime or have a character in both games or something like this, that's an immersive world which I want to see as a player at least. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point. I think one of the main things that would be the lure of working with the natives is not only understanding the culture and the way that the Web3 uh, gamers are compared to traditional gamers, but also, like you mentioned, the speed of things. You don't always have to build everything yourself and delay your project due to wanting to make sure you have all your own little pieces put together. You can use some of the pre-built stuff that already exists the same way people use the different engines of like Unity and unreal engine so yeah fantastic luke next let's throw the same question over to you russ uh, how, what are your feelings on some of these larger web 2 companies web 2 studios coming into our space is that a good sign for us and do you think they're going to be working with web 3 natives or as luke suggested for sony maybe building their own stuff and playing by themselves yeah so i think i agree with the, the i think there'll be a number of things going on i can pretty much maybe we'll go back in time one day i can pretty much guarantee that sony will try and create a very closed environment but it does potentially open doorways for sort of web3 companies to you know gaming studios to actually start publishing on on some of these platforms i think that's will be the interesting opportunity that, that we may start to see gateways opening around you know teams like sony it'll probably be restricted in some way but I think the most interesting space is definitely around the publishers. We've seen a lot of activity, uh, of, I mean, at various events that um, web free events that I've been to, there's certainly been a big presence by sort of like the teams of Ubisoft and Square Unix, talking to sort of web three studios, helping fund, do some R&D with them. And I think you'll see a lot of that exploration happening outside of their core teams and in the community. Um, and I think that's because as a community, we understand space and we are also uh, agile enough to adapt to the space as it changes. Um, most of the projects are sort of medium sized projects. So you haven't got huge teams that you're trying to maneuver. And like we've seen Ubisoft dabble uh, in NFTs before and the disaster and the burning that they got by sort of mixing up IP and not really understanding the space. So. In a way, I feel it's quite positive because it will bring gamers into the web free space for sure, but it will also bring sort of like funding and help in this space too. Um, and a lot of, lot more expertise, I think. 
Uh, I think the strength we have is like one of the big distinctions we have in Web3 is like the openness in the way that we build games with our communities. And I think that that's something that they will really look at the community to do. It's very unique having come from Sony PlayStation myself. You create games for two or three years. No one knows about these games just before release and you just push them out. There's some testing that goes on, focus groups. There's not really a community engagement. Um, and I think they'll struggle to actually really understand that, actually. A hundred percent. I definitely think that's something that people will struggle with. I think I've even seen it with Web3, not Web3 native studios, but studios that seem to be doing their biggest thing or their biggest game or their latest game solely in Web3. And they're doing it in a way that a Web2 game would. Like you said, you came from PlayStation and you'll build and work on something for years. No one will know it exists. Then a couple of weeks before release, everyone will build up the hype and be like, oh, this game's coming. Can't wait to play it. So I think that is one aspect that definitely is going to be hard for some of these players moving into our space, I guess we could call it, that we're just so used to seeing some of these builds of games that any big studio is likely not to want anyone seeing because you see some of these big games releasing their game in like a beta or an early access and them just getting hounded for all the glitches that are in there if they played some of the games i've played in the states they're in which is like super early alphas their their gamers their players would lose their damn minds <laughs> at some of the stuff you would encounter so i do fully agree with you there that i think that is going to be one of the hardest transitions or things for some of these places to accept so let's throw the same question over to you now david so david with them coming into the space what are you thinking you think they're going to play by themselves or they're going to play nicely with others and use the expertise of the people that's already here yeah i think i pretty much have the same opinion as uh like you know uh, the both of them um i think the bigger studios definitely want a piece of the pie you know, they want to build their own chains, you know, they want their products on the chain, and of course they want to get people to use their chain as well. Right, but of course I think maybe for smaller or mid-sized studios, like for example in our case, uh, we went with IMX actually and Solana. So for us, we really want to focus on developing the game, you know, focus on the user experience, and I'm very sure that many other studios you know, like, have the same approach, even if they're not as small as we are. You know, like, perhaps guys like Sony is definitely their own chain. Um, but if you're, let's say, maybe a RPG games developer, like Psy Games, you know, or uh, perhaps, you know, like, maybe the developers of PAL World, you would probably go with... Uh, existing blockchain ecosystem like oasis you know that's uh, picking up traction in japan right now right so i think overall um anything that grows the web3 ecosystem is good you know whether or not people use their own services host their own servers right like if we look at cloud technology plenty of people use google cloud amazon web services but also plenty of studios just put their servers in uh co-location like uh, host their own things so i think overall i think this is a positive development for the space as a whole right and any type of uh, new users new inflows is a good thing for us yeah that's kind of like my take on it 
And I think you hit on quite a few decent points there. And I just want to pick up on the, the last one you're making about anything growing. The space should be welcomed. And I think when I was early on in the space, I was very much, oh, if it's not fully Web3 and you're not completely in it, you're not really doing it. You're just a tourist. And I, I think I've changed more to kind of how you're speaking about it, that any addition, whether they're doing it themselves or whether they're coming in with partners, is good for the space. And... In general, my reasoning for that is right now, crypto still seem pretty scammy. So if the average quality can be raised even by a little bit by someone coming in with a drop of Web3, I think that kind of helps the conversation move away from the reputation crypto currently has and actually start building towards something new. So some great points about everything there. You did also mention Japan, which gives me a nice segue into my next article. But before I jump across to that, uh, just a quick look to see if anyone's mentioned in the comments what their thoughts are of these people coming into the space. Uh, we do have some let goes coming in. Uh, Medieval Gaming's are getting a shout out. Someone's vibing to Moss's music. So that's always very nice. Uh, and Revolution is coming, according to g3 eagle so hey let's let's see how it comes in i should have ordered the news articles in a different way because i'm now going to have to say uh we are thrilled to announce a partnership with pacific meta but uh that we is games three and not me so they are thrilled to announce their partnership and one of the big questions kind of within the article is why japan and it goes into quite a few details, and I've pinned it to the top for anyone in the audience so you can read the full reasoning behind it. One of the key graphs that stand out is that behind China and USA, Japan is second for the gaming industry revenue. So it is a big spender in terms of games. They've also been already very open to crypto and very kind of open to having more crypto coming into it, even though Japan itself can be a bit of a strange market to get into from the outside, even in normal gaming. So the question that I'm going to throw over to the panel, and I will, I'll let you know who's going first before I get the question so you can be ready to uh, ready to answer, is we're going to go to uh, Russ first. But the question is, why do you think we're seeing that in Asia and, and MENA as well, regions, that there seems to be a more kind of openness to accepting crypto compared to potentially some of the Western markets, which are more dominant in traditional gaming. So over to you, Russ. Sure. I suppose I don't want to really be that guy that references uh, free to play um, and, and make a comparison. But I think when you look at uh, gaming economic models, they have always resonated first in those markets and i think they've just been more open and more accepting and probably because they're not as console based in their sort of like traditions in in the sense though you know some of the you know big first free-to-play titles or live live titles really came out of uh, korea through you know go-karting uh, races and karting races um, and we started to see those models emerge here, uh, there. Whereas I think over in, when you get to sort of like Europe and America, I think gamers are much more skeptical about monetization of games. Um, yet they all, you know, quite happily play Fortnite uh, and various other free-to-play models now. But I think they're less accepting of, of sort of um, the monetization. And I think you'll probably see 
the exciting thing is to see uh, these things prove out in an area that's more open and accepting because that means that people will be able to try different models, um, whether people are more open to accepting them. Um, I think that's... I, th I think it's just an openness and acceptance and probably change of gaming habits, probably being more mobile based has always um, had a very different pl play pattern around sort of like you looking at sort of like Americans uh, or Americas and, and Europe, which are probably more traditional in the way that they PC game. And I guess that's my thoughts. No, I think, think you bring out uh, definitely a few good reasons in there and i'm i'm going to nod as well towards the mobile mention uh if you've not caught the last few spaces we've been pretty much dreamy about mobile the whole way through so i'm not going to jump back down the the rabbit hole of why i love mobile gaming but i do think that that's going to be something that helps with that shift and why we picked up a little bit more over in those regions uh we'll now head over to luke any thoughts on the different kind of way that different regions are reacting to crypto games being implemented? Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, uh, Japan, for example, was always big on innovations. Uh, if you look at the whole VR, AR gaming experiences that they, uh, they are always one of the first that jump onto it. Uh, as you mentioned, mobile gaming. Uh, also, like arcades, if you look uh, how the arcade system over there is, that, that that's still huge, and gaming events, same as esports. Uh, and what it comes down to is also on the esports events, the monetiza monetization of those events. And they were one of the first ones that had massive prizes in, in all those esports events. Like, uh, even if you remember games like Tekken, Street Fighter, and all those things, uh, they had uh, they had already prizes for that. So there were already open for for the monetization in that way and i think the since they're generally pretty open to uh to the whole crypto market i think crypto gaming or like web3 gaming is just inevitable that they are also looking into this so they were always one of the first into this and i think also their regulations are a little bit better than uh compared for example to germany where i live uh, that's always not that easy to have something like this um, but also like it's just in their bones if you look at uh, Nintendo and everything that they built uh, over there uh, that's that's always been there and I think they're in in every way trying to be one of the first to implement something so yeah I think it's clear that they also like the the pop culture that they have they they always try to to hop on the trends as well which makes sense. I mean, that's where the money goes. Um, so for me, it, it, it's clear that that market is, uh, is like always open for innovation, whereas some other uh, countries are more like reserved. If you look at America, for example, and their ban on crypto and crypto gaming and um, like even pushing it out to, to the launchers, not allowing uh, games to be on there. Uh, if you look at TikTok, what TikTok does, that's also like, often innovation comes from those markets uh, so I, I'm really liking that market and I think there's a huge user base that even we can tap into because we have lots of fans in uh, in Southeast Asia as well for example um, so definitely big fan uh, of, of those uh, regions and uh, yeah I think I hope that answered the question. No, it answered the question very well and I think we can all agree that we all hate America so I think that's fine. I think you nailed that 
very uh, well. I wouldn't say that on a recorded space <laughs> but for, for Web3 Gaming, I think they, they need to improve on certain things, let's say, like this. Sorry if anyone's listening, I didn't say that. <laughs> Not putting words in his mouth at all. But no, jokes aside, I do think you're right in terms of their openness to try new things, as well as kind of already starting to have the house in order around how regulation is going to come in. I am also interested to see how, by them picking it up early, it affects maybe what does eventually transition across to the Western markets because they've already got a taste of success there. And maybe that kind of affects how games end up coming across to the Western market. But we will now go across to... Oh, someone's been spamming my chat. Uh Go across to you, David, for final comments on this article, why Asia and specifically Japan for this article are picking up crypto better than anywhere else. Okay, I mean, I live in Asia, so I guess I can provide some insight. I mean, I live in Singapore, right? I would go as far as to say that maybe it's our culture. You know, there is a culture of gambling ingrained in the Asian countries, you know, Singapore, China, Japan. Like, I think if we look back to the early free-to-play models, right, I know in recent times, you guys have heard of Genshin Impact and how the gacha monetization model is making a lot of waves. You know, you gamble for your characters just like loot boxes. But I think like Russ mentioned, you know, like Korean games, you know, I, I grew up playing MapleStory. Uh, when I was 12 years old, I would go to 7-Eleven, spend my pocket money on uh, in-app purchase currency. Back then, they sold those on plastic cards. You scratch the card, you get the code, you input the code, you get the in-game currency, and you spend that on loot boxes. And that was, I think, more than 10 years ago. I think 14, 15, sorry, almost 18 years ago. So 18 years ago, the free-to-play model, the loot box model, was already popular in Asia before filtering to the West in like 2010s, you know, 20, 2015s, right? And I think, you know, like the Russ mentioned before, right, in Asia, these types of models tend to be Okay, when I was playing MapleStory, tons of people were fine with gambling away their money on in-game currencies. So I kind of like see cryptocurrencies in games as kind of like more acceptable in Asia, perhaps because of this, you know, uh, long-standing culture or tradition. I mean, like as a Chinese person, uh, every single year, we have an event called Chinese New Year. So at Chinese New Year, what you do is you go to friends' houses, you go to your relatives' houses, and you gamble away your money. So I think this is something very cultural as well, you know, that's kind of like affecting why Asian regions have a higher pickup rate of Web3 technologies in these games, and maybe why it's a bit more acceptable. Yeah. I love that you're mentioning Chinese New Year as it's just been passed. I missed out and got no red packets this year as someone else that also lives in Asia, although I'm not quite as ingrained in the culture as I assume you must be. But I would totally agree with everything you're saying here and the ideas of um, the way that you are feeling free to spend your money on these in-game currencies. I remember MapleStory from 
years ago as well um and then obviously the resurgence actually brought it to my mind with it coming potentially to web3 as well so yeah i definitely would agree with you as someone else that is in asia and the way i see um them interacting with the games that exist already that are the web2 ones uh, for example i uh, i stream rov which is a moba a mobile moba and all of them ask me why i don't own any skins for my characters and this is in a country uh, thailand where they don't uh uh, commonly most don't have a lot of money but they're all so accepting to spend money on these skins just to play in rov and they find it very frustrating that myself a westerner living over here in thailand doesn't spend my money buying these skins so i can see how that type of mentality could easily transfer into the web3 environment as well the next uh, thing we are going to touch on now is looking at yugger um, I always pronounce this wrong. It's Yuga. I always say Yuga until I remember I'm saying it wrong. I'm aware. Please don't at me. I know I'm doing this wrong. But they have picked up yet another IP to put into the other side. So they have picked up the Web3 project of Proof, which is yet another acquisition by um, the other side. They've got a bunch of things in there already. Mutant Club, Board Ape Club, Punks, MeBits, 12-fold, um, other deeds, and so on. But the way we're looking at this is they're doing something similar to how Fortnite has been picking up IPs and bringing those IPs into their metaverse, their universe, their Fortnite world. Do we think that what the other side is doing is the right move by adding more and more Web3 IPs to the other side? Or do you think they should be like trying to broaden their horizon and tempting in some Web2 IPs rather than just relying on bringing more Web3 inside our bubble projects under one umbrella where we're already used to these Web3 things and it's not going to be bringing in, say, more players the same way that Disney partnering with Fortnite has now got both of those two huge communities working together. This is just bringing people that are already into Web3 just to another location within Web3. Um, and I'm going to throw this over to you to start with, please, David. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I can hear you now. I could see you unmuting and muting again, but we can hear you now, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I think the IP play is a good one, but I think that companies acquiring intellectual property or acquiring projects should be wary. Um, I mean, after all, it does cost money for an acquisition, right? I think the key issue here is what is the ROI? You know, like when you acquire a project there definitely needs to be some upside to acquiring the project and its community as well so right now i can't really say um whether or not yuga's acquisitions will bear fruit i think this is something that maybe is a bit more long term you know like even fortnite took ages you know to start working on cross collaborations uh, cross ip right and it's something that they're like chasing right now but nobody really knows whether or not in the long run stuff like this will pay off it is extremely expensive and like epic games doesn't buy out the studios so in this case yuga is buying out the studio which is way more potentially i have no idea you know way more expensive 
than simply collaborating with another company and working on the assets. So I guess I can't answer your question, but those are kind of like my opinions or thoughts. Yeah, fantastic. You uh, you don't need to answer it directly. You've got some good thoughts around the idea of it. And I would uh, totally agree with that as well. Bringing on these IPs definitely needs to be something that is worth your ROI in the long run. I know there might be some people out there huffing hopium thinking they're bringing on these IPs to help save projects or help make projects better than they are. But the bottom line is no one is picking up someone else's IP in the hope that they're not going to make more money than they're already making. So I would definitely agree with that part um, that you were saying there. Uh, next, let's throw this over to Russ. So Russ, do you think the idea of picking up more and more Web3 IPs is the play, or should they be trying to look further afield to bring in some fresh blood? Uh, it's really interesting, because I, I suppose originally they built such an iconic brand around culture and music, I'm I'm one of those a bit more skeptical about them being in the gaming space, and I suppose my rationale is like, games are really hard to make. Like we all know, games are really really hard to make. It's you know, metaverse is potentially even harder, and entertaining people is really difficult. And with such iconic brands coming on, I just wonder what what they really are aiming to build. It's really interesting because I think uh, Board was one of the only brands out of Web3 that I actually saw my son pick up off the internet and like really attach himself to, like as a young sort of like 17 year old. Um, so they definitely had that cultural pen penetration. And I, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm a bit, when you bring all of these great brands and they really have a, a great Web3 portfolio now, some of my, you know, some of the most successful uh, PFP brands. But, um, yeah, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I th I think it would be cool to have seen them focus um, and start producing product. But, um, yeah, I don't really know how to answer that. I have a bit of a mixed view. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fine. You've given me enough to for me to think of and build on anyway. The idea that you're posing there of them, why are they coming into the gaming space in general is something I've kind of thought about with a lot of these people or a lot of these companies, sorry, that shift from what they were good at and known for into gaming. Um, I would assume the reason, again, like I touched on, is ROI. Gaming has got so much money behind it, can bring so many people in and all this other stuff. But I think you make a fabulous point there that they had such an iconic branding for what they were already doing and games being so hard, they could easily kill their whole appeal in general if they release a game that is just terrible. Um, and I think that is a large risk for companies like themselves that have already built such a good brand on the other stuff they are doing. The idea that they're coming into gaming and it's so easy to fa fail at making a game that is good and people want to play. And then you've got that black mark against your company for the whole rest of the time. You're still killing it in every other aspect that they are. And then maybe they release a game that just flops. Then they're going to have to live with that for the rest of the time. I hope it doesn't flop. I hope it goes very well. Um, but I think that is a potential risk there when you're moving into a sector that you weren't already in and hadn't already established yourself within as well.
Let's finally throw this over to Luke as well. Luke, what do you reckon? Should they be looking further afield to bring in new stuff or is cannibalizing and taking on all the Web3 projects they can a good play as well? <laughs> cannibalizing sounds, sounds so so harsh. But uh, yeah, I think that's what they, they are maybe doing. I'm, I'm a big fan of collaborations. Uh, so for me, it wouldn't have to be that they buy everything off. I think they could have done also something with uh, like maybe IP agreements that they can still use that in the game and something like this. So otherwise they will get a like a monopole status maybe when they acquire everyone, which can have good things because they have a lot of power but as we know with a lot of power comes a lot of responsibility so uh, could be if they drive it against the wall then everything goes down and then the whole nft market crashes because i kind of agree with the speakers before that i don't see them as a gaming company a hundred percent i see them rather as an as an ip or like a, an nft collection still because i i actually haven't seen that much gameplay yet uh, so I'm waiting for this. Uh, maybe I'm the only one that missed it so far. If anyone else has seen some gameplay, let me know. Uh, maybe I'm missing that. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of like mixing IPs in certain ways or like from collaborations. Uh, but I wouldn't sell uh, my game to them, for example, because I think uh, it it would just dilute the the IP overall that you have and. Yeah, I'm I'm more a fan of a uh, of of having collaborations in that sense, and especially for NFT collections, there's there's a huge market. I mean, I see NFT collections partnering with almost everyone all the time. Uh, so why not just buy it and own your stuff, and then you don't have to ask anyone. So yeah, I have mixed feelings on this. Uh, couldn't make up my mind, but yeah, if anyone uh, has seen a game, let me know as well. Maybe I missed it. <laughs> yeah there there has been a little bit here and there floating around um nothing that i personally have been too interested in but you know maybe i'm just a snob when it comes to gaming because of all my uh my indie titles that i play <laughs> for someone that actually doesn't play any AAA titles because i'm a too cheap to buy them and b i'll just watch them on youtube and let someone else power through the story so i can watch it like a movie well i'll just dabble in my whole indie sphere and be punching trees for the next 400 hours to get that wood to make my axe but yeah no i definitely see there is pros and cons as with everything but i think the potential for it to turn into a very large con for them is there and i hope it doesn't and i hope they do do well because as you uh, dramatize there luke the idea that if they fail they could definitely be big enough to bring a lot of the market down with them as well and I don't think that's going to help any of us if that starts to happen. So we're coming towards the end of the hour, so we're going to be doing a quick wrap-up. What I'm just going to do is I'm going to ask each of you for maybe a one to two minute, just wrap-up about how to stay in touch with your project and anything exciting your project has coming up. Um, let's start with you, Luke, as you love to talk about medieval empires and you've name-dropped already throughout the space. So one to two minutes, what you got coming up and how can people stay in touch? Uh, yeah, easiest way, follow us on uh, on X over here. Um, we also are one of the games that post regular updates on YouTube, so you see our development. Uh, we're currently in beta, so you can uh, playtest right now. Uh, we have around 20 open slots uh, from our landlords at the moment. So, uh, And if you join right now, you have a chance to also win uh, 100,000 me tokens and a piece of land. Let me pin that on top as well. And uh, yeah, not that much of an alpha. I mean, we have a game that you can actually test, enjoy, and play. 
so uh, that speaks louder than any word. So feel free to uh, download it takes five minutes. Uh, I tested that uh, even if you're not that native, but I think all of you guys that are here are native except for Uncle Hub over there. He always takes a little longer, but uh, besides that, uh, yeah, just check us out uh, and uh, happy to have you guys in our community. Fantastic. Lovely to have you up here as always, Luke. Uh, next, let's throw it over to you, Russ. Uh, what do you guys have coming up that people should be excited for and where can they make sure they don't miss out on anything? Yeah, they um, should definitely follow us on X at Celerus um, Game. Um, we've well, we've just completed our first round of, of tournaments. We've got um, more things planned for the community, so people can uh, get to race on our uh, on our Celerus track and and in Aero Bay. Uh, we're really excited about looking um, at the roadmap at the moment. With uh, looking at the token that. We're looking across our sort of multiple studio uh, and thinking about how how, how that may benefit uh, and give more utility. Um, so we have lots of activities happening around uh, Celeros. It's definitely worth joining us on Discord so you can keep up to date. Um, and we have been offering some real world prizes to um, players and people joining the community. I think we've... Uh, those that won in our our recent tournaments, I think we gave away around about four thousand US dollars. Um, and yeah, follow Airspeeder as well. It's a phenomenal project. It's where Cerberus is bringing it to life virtually, but this is a real uh, physical uh, motorsport uh, in the sky. So I'd follow that. <laughs> it does sound very interesting i'm definitely gonna to have to check that out as well russ <laughs> awesome thank you for having you up today as well and finally let's throw it over to david a little bit about what you guys have got coming up and where the best place is to stay in touch oh yeah just like everyone else you know x follow us on x.com uh, um we've got an event coming up uh, called the uncharted dream uh i mean basically you know uh it's an event where we're partnering up with a couple of uh, really big uh, Web3 game studios. Uh, got some special items for our games, you know, people can get them for free, right? But it's also an event where we give some value back to our Web3 community, uh, NFT holders. You know, we've been around for like, uh, we launched our collection like two, three years ago at the start of the bear market you know and now that we're finally here you know it seems like it's going to be a good year for gaming this year we intend to just basically give back to the holders uh, so this event gonna be a simple auto battler event very similar to web events that you see launched by other mobile gacha games and um everyone is free to join it you know uh, it's open to both our web 2 player base as well as you know if this is a web three spaces right so web three people there's stuff for you as well damage points leaderboards you know all that stuff right so yeah you can follow us on our twitter okay, yeah but i think that's it 
Awesome. I like the way that you called it Twitter at the end there. I was about to bring all three of you up for successfully calling it X. I still cannot. I will call it Twitter and then X every single time. I cannot bring myself still just to call it X by itself. I don't know how long this is going to take me, especially as someone that speaks on here at least once a week. I really should try and get over calling it X. <laughs> Luke has his hand up. Do you have a final point, Luke? Yeah, uh, one, one point before. So if you say Twitter, I think Elon still downgrades you on Twitter spaces. So that's why I always say X. And second point, shout out to Feng. He requested that. So just wanted to. <laughs> Heckin' heck Fang in the audience, I see you down there, Fang. Okay, everybody, as I always, thank you all for coming out and listening to us today, and thank you for the panelists for coming up and speaking with us. I hope all of you are enjoying this new format where we take a look at what news you can find out throughout the week. Obviously, we can only touch on the articles a little, so if you go over to games.gg and head over to news, you're going to find a lot of information. We very briefly touch on some of these stuffs, and if you're into to stats and numbers there are heaps of numbers in everything we have talked about today so you'll be able to get all those wrinkles in your brain if you're also looking for games to play you can head over to our site and we've got a nice little rundown we're up to over 350 games are on the site now um, a lot of them with reviews from our members of team which will give you a review of what the game is like if you were to jump into it at this very moment not necessarily what a game could potentially be but what you would experience if you were to jump in to now so always take that into consideration when you are looking at some of these reviews so i will see you all next week if you have missed any of this you can listen to this as a podcast on the four major podcast platforms of spotify amazon itunes thanks to sandbox and the last one not stalling i think it's google i'm gonna go with google i'm sticking hard with that i hope you all have a fantastic week and you get to play a lot of games this week and i will see you next time until then goodbye <laughs>